Heyo, Johnny Dumas here, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, and welcome to Team Engineered. If you're looking to lead a team of engineers or engineer your team for greatness, tune in now with your podcast hosts, Jade Green and Kyle Probert, and be prepared to ignite. Good afternoon, everyone. We are back for our beers and Friday. I am Kyle. I just fill the space on this side of the screen. And of course, the important person is Jade, who's joining me from the lovely Lennox today. Yeah, we're at Lennox Point. It's glassy, but uh, a gentleman just got out uh, of the surf talking about the shark. And uh, <laughs> then, yeah, that he was like, oh, there's sharks out there, but I, and I want to go fishing, but I don't have my fishing rod. And it bumped me, and I was like, yeah, nah. Nice. So as, nice. as glassy as it looks, um, I might give that a miss for now. That's no fun. Well, it's it's still, I think, four or five foot here. Yep. Um, and cold. Well, and I, I was think literally... For me, the cold is worse than the sharks. I th- yeah, probably. Can, I don't know if you can see. I've got me... <laughs> I've got the Uggies on, and I, was, and I was like... I was just standing here. The sun's burning the back of my legs. I'm like, maybe, maybe the Uggies need to go. <laughs> <laughs> it's been, it's, I've been cold up until now, and then just as just as we've gone live, like the sun's like melting me, <laughs> beaming out. <laughs> of course, that's yeah. because you're in the hot seat. I'm, oh, I'm in the hot seat. Uh oh. Not really. Not really. Not really. <laughs> so, you brought up sharks. So here's a funny question to think about: If a shark bites someone with COVID, oh. does it get COVID? <laughs> shark flu we've had bird flu we've had swine flu we've got the bat flu shark flu and then what happens okay wait and then do they infect the fishes and then if you eat the fish whoa (laughs) i like this just a funny question that's a funny question can we let's see if we can find a marine biologist or some sort of scientific person that might be able to like tell us if 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 it can be transmitted to another animal well you would think if it came from a bat to us that uh maybe a human to a shark via bite it's the eating thing it seemed like logical to me seems logical so okay i'm gonna send a notice to the not not to eat us because covid that's right we're dangerous so a friend of mine is allergic to fish and so he posed a similar question if he got bitten by a shark while surfing, would he bleed out or would the anaphylaxis kill him? <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but it's, a, uh, it's an interesting, interesting idea. question, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So maybe maybe we've, we've distracted ourselves a little bit. So today we're talking about um, responding, not reacting, and mm. how we can lead our teams, I guess, under pressure, so it's an interesting conversation to have, maybe not with the pressure of a shark on us. No. Well, <laughs> I'm going to wind back for a second because just before we went live, I felt your energy was a little little flat for the usual Kyle that I get. And I said, how are you? And then you went, well, and then we went, actually, this might be a question to ask when we're live because it's quite relevant. So, Kyle, how are you? <laughs> oh. I'm doing pretty good. I've, I noticed last night, I reflected a little bit. 
on our chat yesterday with the team, I was a bit snappy with one of the boys. And last week, I was snappy with one of the boys. I think one of them told and you not to get your knickers in a twist. Something like that. <laughs> and I've probably been a bit snappy with um, other people in my life. I probably snapped at the kids earlier in the week. And it left me thinking, you know, a bit of reflection. Normally, I'm a bit calmer than that. You're so, calm, Kyle. You're I'm, so I'm normally pretty good. <laughs> Not this week. I, I'm on no Alphagizer beers. this week. No beers. No beers. No beers Friday this week. No beers Friday. Yay. <laughs> but the Alkajizer leads into next week's podcast, doesn't it? Aha, uh -huh, it sure does. Ooh, we might come back to you, that. Is there some sort of connection here? Are you about to give me some connection of why you're snappy and Alkajizer's no alcohol? Ooh, it could be. So it's, it's all about leading the team. And for us... In the business, we've had a few rocky lumps that have just just been difficult. They haven't necessarily been hard or bad or anything like that. They've just been difficult. You know, things like rerouting re a staff member through so he doesn't have to go to Melbourne on his flights and mm -hmm. with COVID and all that sort of stuff. At the last minute, because <laughs> he was about to get on a plane. At the last minute. Yeah. And, you know, delaying training and... So it's just been, um, yeah, difficult, I guess. And so the reflection last night was, you know, why why is the snap happening? Mm. And obviously, there's a lot of things sitting in the background that don't actually relate to the conversation that I had in the room yesterday or last week, mm. or even, yeah, you know, with the kids on Monday. But it's just now hitting that threshold, mm -hmm. and the food is is a part of it. The alcohol is part of it. And this is, I guess, why I said it would be a good question while we're live talking about this stuff. Is yeah, the response, not the reaction, and really the the distinction about being able to respond instead of react is not being above threshold. Not, not needing just one straw to break the camel's back. Yeah, and I, I was even chatting with, with someone, a, a friend that um, they're going through a diagnosis around ASD with one of their kids mm -hmm. and talking about this morning we had a meltdown because it was light. And I, I said, you know, that's just the one thing that was able to be seen and identified as a stressor. Whereas probably what's happened is it's built up and it could be something from two or three days ago that's now led to this this kid in overwhelm waking up to light. <laughs> yeah. And and we're no different. So, you know, we we have all these stresses in our life. And food is one of them if we don't eat, eat well. Alcohol is another one, even if we only have one, one beer, one glass of wine. Um, you know, too much sunshine, not enough sunshine, no exercise, too much exercise. <laughs> there's, there's all these things that add stresses into our world that, you know, as we layer them up, bring us to that threshold. 
and stop us from being able to respond. Yeah, and it just turns into a knee-jerk reaction of pent-up energy and frustration. It's like it's like when you like you've got the uh, the pressure valve right, and it's like sitting right on the edge, and it's it's waiting to be released. Absolutely, and. You know, it's, it's hard for our teammates around us because they don't see everything that's going on. They don't know what's going on in our world. And, you know, if, we, if we're leading a team, even for them, they don't know the other things that are pressuring us. And I guess we, we tend to roll into reacting rather than responding. So that's... That's the long answer to how am I this week? <laughs> I love it. So I see you're on the Alkadizers. So are you in Deep Spring? I'm moving towards Deep Spring. Okay. Have you cut the sugar? So the sugar's gone. Um, my diet's usually pretty good on sugar anyway. Yep. And I certainly notice a big effect on me with sugar. Yep. Uh, and funnily enough, my kids as well. It's amazing how it changes them when they've had too much sugar. So yeah, sugar, sugar's out, alcohol's out at the moment. Um, just trying to clean things up and reduce some of those stresses because I have control of those. Yeah, and I think the as you mentioned, um, next week on the podcast we've got Eric Edmeads from Wildfit, so I'm super excited to go through some of the stuff with him. Uh, I've had some pre-submitted questions that will help on some of this stuff too in terms of how to deal with that with kids. But one of the key things like you and I really know from doing WildFit and as leaders, the, the garbage in, garbage out sort of mentality with our food. But the, the, what I don't think a lot of leaders realize is the effect of nutrition on their ability to, to lead uh, and stabilize their energy and, and the energy that they radiate. Um, the, when you've got, I know that one of your core things for the last two weeks is less caffeine, more move. Um, yep. And because we we really do our energy and our radiation and and how we even communicate when we're overly caffeinated um, and opt running from that sort of enhanced state um, or in, that's right. I want to say intoxicated state, but not not quite. But well, it is, isn't it? It's not our true state. Um, it's an it's a. An, an enhanced or an, an adjusted state and then we don't always make the right decisions we're running a bit fast it's it's not really from who we are at a core because it is it is um changing your behaviors um but the same thing with sugar with the sugar crashes uh you 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 know i always say like i don't i don't eat lunch <laughs> um often because i just don't feel hungry because i fast but one of the things is i crash really bad when i eat so, and I, I'm looking at this at the moment, and actually, I want to go deeper in this with Eric. Yeah, I have to do that. Um, just because may, I'm not sure if the fasting has done something to me, so that when I break fast, I my body goes into overwhelm to process because the food that I'm eating isn't bad food, like it's wild fit food, but I literally, I I say I feel like I'm powering down. Like the, the Energizer Bunny is running out because my body's gone into trying to process the food. And so if we can really recognize that, so I know that I'm no good. Like if I've got a podcast 
after lunch, like I would never eat lunch and do a podcast because I literally go into this this sleepy, shut downy mode, and I've got to I've got to play with this and kind of look at like making it going through that diary process again. Like, okay, is it when I eat protein, is that what's powering me down, or is it something else? Because I used to suffer from irritable bowel, irritable gut. So all like certain vegetables used to literally send me under my desk for a nap. Peanuts. Oh my God. Peanuts. I'd be out cold on the ground. Like I just, (laughs) the processing, but I wonder how many business leaders really, or even parents really think about that, that relation. Cause a lot of them go, Oh, I got the three thirty crash, but they, they just think that that's like a common thing, but they haven't gone, Oh, that's because I'd, coffee up until 12 and now the caffeine's leaving my system or I had a something that like people don't realize that like if they have a bacon and egg McMuffin or a or some sort of white bread breakfast or even lunch the amount of sugar that's in that who was it yesterday someone told me yesterday I can't even think now someone told me yesterday that one more scoop of sh- one more taste. Was it you? You. <laughs> one more scoop so of the sugar kids makes. Were being oh yeah, that was because when we were talking to Amy, with McDonald's. Yeah. Yep. The McDonald's. One so more teaspoon of sugar in a McDonald's bun makes it confectionery. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right. So, but people don't necessarily realise that. Okay, actually, the three thirty crash isn't just that it's been X amount of time since I slept. It's actually a result of the sugars that I've eaten that I may not have realized I've eaten or the caffeine that's aborting my system or the toxins because I had one too many wines last night. Yeah. Yeah. And how that affects all the decisions that you make. Yeah. And how that affects the interactions that you have with your team. Mm. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I got to three thirty and I crashed, but what did I do for the three hours before that? Yeah. And yeah, were you snapping back? answers were you actually present were you thinking cognitively through uh an actual decision or were you rushing like you know when you're on like if you're on a caffeine high you're kind of in that manic and you're like yeah yeah everything's fucking awesome and you're making the decisions from that really sometimes over optimistic mind or if you're on the crash from a pessimistic mind nothing's happening quick enough and let's just go to the next thing go to the next thing go to the next thing and yeah, I, I know for myself, I do actually enjoy it to some extent. The go, 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 let's... Yeah. I know the team doesn't, but I do. Yeah. Well, and again, that's into the... If we think about the profile types as well. So this is actually... That's great. This is this is something that's really important. So being that you're a star creator, um, super high energy, like do, go, go, go probably like me borderline well i'm not borderline i'm diagnosed add but (laughs) i try to manage it as best as i can no sugar um but because we operate at that level we don't realize what that could do to other people and we had a perfect example with one of your team they are completely the opposite profile to us like on the pole like literally across the diagonal of the profile square um far more and although i'm ocd OCD as fuck, um, and he's happy to wear that as a badge, um, but needs the detail, needs the timing, needs to have pacing, but especially the things that trigger him are things around time because he's got that tempo energy. He's got the steel, um, 
steadiness and, and compliant and then layered with the OCD of, of needing to have things in a cadence, just saying like something that's nothing to us because we pivot fast and you know, that happened and actually I thought I was respecting you by not messaging you on your weekend and your holiday turned into a holy shit reaction. Yep. Right, so it wasn't a. It, there was no opportunity to respond on his end at that time because he was just in that state of all of these things sent me to blow up. And after yep. we talked about it, it was like, oh, oh yeah. But <laughs> so we need to look at. I think um, not only our where we react rather than respond, but understanding our people and their triggers and their buttons, and how we can a help them to understand it so that things don't happen in the future but most importantly for the harmony of the team not no not when it's not okay to push their buttons or how you could not push their buttons until yeah. we work through it for me i know i can control things like my caffeine my alcohol my food uh, my movement my sleep i've got control of all of those things and if i've got control of all those things and they're serving me well that helps me to manage the things that I don't have in control. So if we've got team members that are pushing the boundaries or at their threshold, what we can do as a leader is we can control the things we can control. Now, I can't control what they eat and I can't control what they drink and all of those sorts of things, but I can make sure that, you know, if they need timing, we've got timing for them. If we've got to communicate, if we've got to use words of affirmation, you know, all of those things that we can notice and we can control might help keep them under threshold and make their life a little bit easier. Yeah, perfect. Because if we look at like those profile types, I love that you talked about words of affirmation because with when we look at teams and the stuff that we control and how we can get the best out of them and make them ultimately happy, we use a couple of different uh, testing and profiling to understand the human. So the talent dynamics, wealth dynamics for the general profile types. So whether they're like a big picture creator, um, sort of thinker, fast running, whether they're blaze and a real people person, uh, a bit extroverted and love that that high energy, whether they're tempo, that grounded timing, like customer service sort of energy or steel, where they're much more slower to make decisions, needing to see the detail, more about the compliance and a little bit more would be perceived as introverted. But then we talk about the love languages. So like you just said that, like, do they need words of affirmation to feel heard and seen? Do they need physically like a pat on the back? Like, because they don't necessarily always hear the words. They need like a physical tap on the back to for a, a physical touch. Slap on the ass. A slap on the bum. Little bottom tap. <laughs> uh, the right place, please. Um, whether it's quality time, they need to have your attention, know that you've got, even if it's just for a minute, but they've got your presence. So if they come into your office, you're not like doing this still while they're talking to you. Like just that one thing of looking up and giving them full presence for one minute changes everything. So acts of service, bringing them a coffee or or doing something for them. And we see this a lot. With yes, bring me more coffee. Bring me, don't bring Kyle more coffee. I'm taking off my boots. I'm hot. Um, <laughs> but we we often hear with your team when they spread gratitude and love on the rest of them when it's so, someone else has done something to help them because quality uh, acts of service is high for a couple and it's like, oh, they yep. jumped in and did this for me and they supported me. Um, so when you can understand the different 
personality types and profile types so that they can feel seen and heard or where the triggers or the buttons might be. So, and uh, gifts was another one in there. But so if we know someone's primary love language is quality time and their, their profile type is around tempo, timing, compliance, and they they feel like their time has been disrespected or they haven't been given enough time to think or they're not given enough time because leaning on the seal side to have all of the boxes ticked to feel like they're going to be able to do a big job a good job the, that that energy raises 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 and then one thing that shouldn't be a thing kaboom yep um, yep so what do you what did you take out of like that experience like what do you think that we can do or what can we impart say either on like leaders of engineering teams or like other business owners what could they take from that it's it's super common um i know with a lot of our um students that are in the the hiring programs so the diploma advanced diploma programs where they're in leadership roles and so they're almost the meat in the sandwich they're they're trying to run a team, um, you know, and often they may have come out of that team, so they're they're friends, so to speak. But on the other side of that, because of the um, the culture of the workplace, they're in a regular ass kicking. So, you know, it, it's not a um, it's not a weekly meeting of what did we achieve. It's a weekly meeting of who are we going to kick and how hard are we going to kick yeah. them. <laughs> and so. It's probably really, really important that if you are in that that role, you you are the meat in the sandwich, and you you actually have to be the buffer from the team, and not react to the stuff that's coming down on top of you, but also not pass it on, and take control of it, and and make sure that you're dealing with that bit in the middle there, so that you can respond to your team, look after them, and get the most out of them. I, um, I bumped into someone yesterday that was at our Future Seeds event last week um, and she was talking about, you know, the, the fish rots from the head down and that, exactly what you're talking about, right? So if it, it's the waterfall effect, the pressure at the top comes down, comes down, comes down and, like, we can make the choice to put the to put the blocker in. Like, the gangrene's travelling up the line, we're going to cut it off. <laughs> um, so... It's, it's, it's where we really need to act intentionally, but it's really where we need to understand our own triggers and buttons and, and think about what's going to get the best reaction or response that we want from the team. So rather than just if you've been yelled at coming in and yelling is like, how do you feel? So if you stop and think about how you just felt through that experience, if you go and do it to someone else, had you, you know, insanity to think that they're going to get a different response. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I always talk with the, the guys that we're training and, and I say to them, think through the years that you've worked and the teams that you've worked in and that one person that you worked for that you just got the best out of you for no reason at all. Yeah, you, you always did more for them. Their whole team always went above and beyond. They always achieved the most. And what was it that they did for you that was different because we, we all we all know that that person that we work for that you go wow I'd, I'd love to be working back for them they were amazing so 
yeah, think back through it. And a lot of it is all of that stuff where, you know, they, they were the shield to some extent. They just, you know, they, they looked after you. They, they encouraged, not berated, all of those sorts of things um, and got the most out of the team. Yeah. And then how do you do that yourself? Yeah. And so I think that's I, I think it's a great point for people to sit down and journal on and really think about that. Like go back and challenge yourself. And it could even be like a school teacher, uh, a mentor, a someone from your external, like your, a friend that, you know, helps you always step up and that you're like, okay, wh- what is it that they do for me? Absolutely. That they handle and- the situations. A football coach, a, a a captain of your of your sporting team, like the like if you can look to these role models to see the common thread there. Yeah, and and it, it's it, there's commonality in it. There, there is something to see in it, and and it does work. You know, there there are traits that these people put forward, and if if we look, I think if we if we sort of get down to you know, to stay on theme a little bit, yeah, you know, the things that they do to look after themselves. And, you know, I know for me, when I think about those people, they're probably always the people that were active. You know, they, they had a sport or they, um, they ran, they cycled, they, they were, they were physically active and they were, you know, I think that's a a very, very common trait across all of the ones that I can think of. There's, they were active. They looked after themselves physically. Yeah. Well, they say healthy body, healthy mind, right? If your body isn't, functioning the way it should your mind is trying to control everything to keep it functioning like and it just sucks your energy like there's that that drain there that makes perfect sense we also know that movement gives us the energy it clears our head it gets rid of the stresses it's the releasing of the the dopamine and all of that 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 elevates us as well and they've done a study i think it was michelle crawford that i was talking to about this um about all of the the like top 100 CEOs and business leaders and the yep. the core habits, behaviors and routines that are common against all of them. People thought it was like 5 a.m. club or super early. That is a common-ish one. But beyond that is that they carve time in the morning to spend on themselves and the exercise piece being a non-negotiable. Yep. And it doesn't need to be hard. Yep. Like for some of them, it's not hardcore exercise. It's just like they go for a walk. Hmm. But but yep, go for a piece. walk, go yep. for a swim, look at the sunrise. Yeah, just be moving. Yeah, just be moving. Um, I think that because it gets us back into our body and out of our thoughts is a big part. Definitely. Um, but also I think it's because we're telling ourselves we're safe and secure because we're able to spend a little bit of time refilling our cup, not just constantly reacting and servicing and rushing for everybody else. So I think there's a whole layer of psychology behind it that we don't, necessarily understand besides being fit and healthy because sometimes some of these people, absolutely some of these people we look at they may not look like the the picture of perfect health but it's the it's still that they're doing that thing that's keeping their mind moving forward so the bit in the middle was we know that exercise reduces stress and you know, anything that we can do to reduce stress in our body is obviously good for us. That helps us and it helps get us below that threshold and things that we, you know, the thing that we can control is I can go and exercise that helps reduce that threshold. And so therefore I'm going to react or respond better with my team. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, so 
if we think about our teams though, what what's some ideas that we could do to help? Like like you said, we can't tell them what to eat. We can't tell them not to drink. We can't force them to do activity outside of the office or outside of what we're doing. What what do you reckon we could do to within the business to to maybe bring a little bit more movement in? It's all about offering opportunities. So um, it, it can be as simple as a stand-up desk or um, yeah, some sort of change location kind of thing. Um, we, we've got, we finally put up a basketball hoop outside. Uh, that's a fairly common um, morning tea and lunchtime exercise. The boys have a, a, um, a trophy. We do have a gym in the workshop that we're, we're making a bit more space around, so it's permanently set up. Um, the basketball, the basketball hoop comes with a trophy, so the boys play for a trophy. I think Giles five from five at the moment and um, holding that trophy. Did we, did we proud. tell everyone what that trophy was? I know we did it on one of our uh, calls. No, I'm not sure that I should. <laughs> it's a bit of fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it is. It is. <laughs> what I love about that is um, one of my other clients. We just redid their company virtue. So we're going through a similar process to what we did with the APT team, looking at the purpose, the mission, the five-year obsession, the virtues, how do we live this? And what we found was there's a disconnect. There was this high value of health from the leaders, but the a lot of the team-building activities was defaulted to what other teams do, which is like go out for pizza and beer. And there was yeah. people not coming and it wasn't really – there was some sort of rub there. And so when they went, okay, well, if, if health is actually one of our core values, what does that mean to us? And how can we interact that and build our company culture activities into our DNA that really shows that we are congruent? So instead now, yeah. last Friday, they there's a big basketball court out the back of Byron near where they work. And so they all went and played basketball and then had a picnic where they got healthier food options. To They still had a couple of drinks and all that, but um, it wasn't around like we just – like that that unhealthy and i think that a lot of that comes from um not laziness but non-intention like because yeah. we um you know other, every other business like oh yeah you go out for pizza and beer or you go to the pub on a friday like that's culture there there's not been that intentional i've gone all black haven't i um there's not yeah. that all intentional alignment to the values or the virtues and how do you um transmit that and how do you live and breathe it within the team um and i think yeah even that like by doing that they're helping lower the stress levels they're building the team bond and able to get out what it seemed like um some of the frustrations that were in the office was able to be diffused by doing something on the court that was a bit more physical um and some of the frustrations sort of um dissipated but also better bonds were built because they had to people that weren't in an actual team but there were teams that had to work together once they had to be on a team apparently like this this week has been crazy for them be, like there's people getting along better than they ever have and so you don't have that reaction because we had we were having a few things where people would just snap in the office and like have a go yep. at somebody else and that real like reactionary behavior rather than that chance to respond to what's happening yeah, and so we know um, to to get into maybe some of the sexist stuff is that 
males need both um, movement exercise, but also the outside thing. So to, to de-stress for, for a male, and let's say a typical male, because um, we know that these things aren't you know, the golden rule, but the you know when we when we um, when we're having troubles with boys, young boys, and particularly teenage pubescent boys, the most important thing for them is to connect with nature. And you know around that, um, particularly around that puberty stage, it's it's super super critical that they can connect with nature in a way that suits them, because you know that's our primal instinct, mm. you know. As you as you go through that puberty stage, you are learning to hunt and collect and gather, and you know the whole village is supporting you. But your role is out in the fields and the plains, um, not cooped up video games. with the women. <laughs> yeah, playing video games. I know that's a very sexist comment to make, but it's it's biology it, you know it, we're, not, we're not talking about things that we're trying to put people in a box what we're talking about is things that are actually scientifically proven that we need to do for boys and so the idea of competition outside is perfect to diffuse situations yeah beautiful um the i'm just going to go to the competition thing for a second there we actually with this other business as well decided that um the competitive nature was something that we needed to remove um, because it had got a little bit over into the alpha ego um, and to like gone into the over competitive nature. So looking at how we can um, diffuse that and, and how the values and the culture activities play to that, but knowing that there is still that competitive spirit. So how do you remove that necessarily from the team and their behavior internally and still fulfill that help them fulfill that need but not going too far like not every single team building activity is about the competitive nature and yeah someone's got to lose for somebody to win because that's embedding that <laughs> but giving that that valve release yeah and and just an outlet just an outlet to have it um and it's it's super important that they do understand the losing and the winning mm -hmm. because there are good in both yeah. um I know. So my my kids are having a really, or my eldest two are having a really tough soccer year this year. Um, for the for the better part, they're usually losing in double digits. So, you know, a, a really tough year. But it's really really interesting to watch the other teams that you know they get to five or six goals and they turn into a shit team, really really shit. Um, they they get frustrated because they're being beaten all of a sudden. You know they they've fatigued or whatever, and they can't. You know instead of being able to score six goals in five minutes, they're scoring one, or they're not getting there, or they're getting shut down because you know our teams have switched on and they're doing better now. And they actually turn into shit teams. They fight. They backchat the the referee, and and this is this is consistent across ten teams. Absolutely amazing. I, I got there for a second because there was a guy with a foam board, like one of the foamy boards, and it's got to be, uh, oh, maybe it's only five foot, but he was balancing it on his face <laughs> in, in the car park. Like the whole board nice. balancing on his face. Um, but that is, that's really interesting though, right? If Again, it's that learned behavior. So if, if one team's so used to 
I was going to say bullying, but dominating their way through a process or um, using their assertive nature to get what they want, when the tables are turned, the reaction is... Yeah. Uh, and they don't. They just don't. It's it's foreign. They don't know how to deal with it. And it's like, okay, well, what what would be your advice to some of the, their coaches? How could they? What could they do to those teams? They they need to get them back to playing. Um, instead of playing for goals, they need to play for objectives and for goal for um, outcomes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and this is whether you're winning or losing. This is actually probably the really important piece for a team. Is um, the ultimate goal is obviously to achieve whatever we want to achieve. And so in soccer, it's goals. We, we want to win goals. We want to score goals. If, if a team is, is quite literally that far up, then focus on the skills. You know, make the passes, make the, make the touches, shut down the opposition. Be really, really strict in your, um, your set plays. So all of the other things that actually make you a much better team while you're, let's say, coasting, focus on them rather than oh, more goals, more goals, more goals. And then, you know, oh, we're not getting that. We're not, we're not getting the extra goal. So now we're, we're playing up and we're turning into five-year-olds. I think what that translates for me if we think about um, business teams is focus on the lead measures rather than the lag measures. Yeah, absolutely. On the end result. And we try and leapfrog forward, or we're like we we're so used to getting a result that we've got lax on the things that in between. When something breaks, it's like oh shit, now what? So if we can focus yeah. again on honing those skills, those little lead measures to which are the stepping stones to get the ultimate result. Yeah, because they're, they're the things that service. They're the things that work for us. And I think as a coach, whether your team's winning or losing, if you're focusing on, you know the set play or holding a strong, strong positions or, you know, even just making passes, you know, they're, they're the things that bring goals eventually, you know, like what the, while you've got the ball in, in, on your feet and it's on the feet of your team, you're not conceding goals. Mm. Yeah. If they can't score, they can't win. Right. That's right. That's right. So, you know, it, it's just, as you say, focus on those leading lead measures. Focus on the things that are, are actually marching you step-by-step step forward rather than, you know, oh, we, we banked 150 grand in revenue this month, but next month we're going to tank because we thought we got 150 grand this month. Yeah. <laughs> and that happens all the time, doesn't it? And then, and then Absolutely. the following month, this is where we get back up into that state of break again because you're back on the treadmill and you you get to the end of the month and it's breaking point yeah absolutely it's just yeah you, know, you just end up in a cycle so you know focus on those lead measures like we spoke about um yeah so we squirreled off a little bit there we went into soccer and and all of those sorts of things <laughs> i often i definitely often find the correlation between sport and and teams are right it's, they're called teams um oh absolutely um so Legacy um, about the All Blacks. Have, have you read that book, Legacy? Not yet, no. So it, it's um, it's a really good insight into why they are such a strong team, and you know it, it's not it's not about the tries, it's not about scoring, it's about 
sweeping the work the the sheds out and leaving it in a, a neat and tidy state when you leave your visitor sheds. Um, it's about showing up on time. It's about presenting yourself well. So really, really good, um, while we're talking sport, a really good correlation between, you know, doing the little things because they make the big things. Oh, I like that. I'm going to – actually, I think I might be on the bookshelf at home. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the book's on the bookshelf. I've definitely There's definitely a couple of All Blacks books there, uh, being that yep. Steve's a Kiwi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I probably, probably appreciate me reading some more about them. Um, but that sort of stuff really is important to me and I love to read it for the correlation to building cult, like business culture and what we can look at. There's so many um, examples through like baseball and basketball uh, and American football of where they were just losing teams and they didn't have the, the star players from the draft but the, where they've defied all odds because they've taught them to work as a unit and play to the strengths of each of the individuals and understand, like, you know, when to push the right buttons and not to push the wrong buttons to get the, like, we talked a bit about button pushing before. Like, there is sometimes, sometimes you need to push the button to get the, to get the best of someone because the ultimate growth is on the other side of the button push. And but yep. you need to, need to, be there to guide someone through that and as a business leader this is why i really love doing the profiling and understanding our people more doing the one-on-ones to understand who they are as a human and understand their background outside of work like what you were talking about before understanding one of what one of your team members going through at home makes you understand what might be a trigger at work yeah also because you've got some experience in that space able to go okay well okay where can i push the button and uh, maybe push them to the limit so they, they do have a reaction to get to the growth on the other side so they've had enough or they seek the help or, you know, be there to hold the hand um, when it's time to, to jump into the abyss and, and face it. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes it fails as well. It does. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, but until people want to actually go through the growth, you won't necessarily force them to that. And then that's okay as well. You know, um, I think it's our responsibility as a leader to try and get the best out of our people. And sometimes, you know, I think we spoke about this before, um, sometimes that's not here. 100%. I had this discussion yesterday, I think, with one of my other clients. They've had a team member that's been amazing up until now. And like for the for the fast pace and the growth of the business and where they were going, um, and they didn't have set defined virtues and values, and they've had this explosion of growth, and now with that, obviously new team members and and things like that, and the looking at it, the the new environment and the new values and the new way of operating isn't going to serve them to the best of their ability. It's triggering them all the time, and. Yep. The absolute best thing to do for them is to help them to find somewhere else that is for them because they can move on to somewhere else and get back into that, again, that startup, fast growth, where they really shine, where they really thrive because they're not really – they don't want to do the work yet on on yep. understanding that stuff or transcending that competitive nature or that that um, ego and alpha. Like they're not ready to do that work yet. But it's fine. They're young and they can serve another business and they'll fill the growth. And when they're ready, they'll they can, they'll know that the line of connection is still there 
to come back for the support. Yeah, yeah. And set, set them free. Set them off to, to you know, as you say, do do their good work. Do it, do it the best way they can. Yeah, um, because otherwise if you try to conform them and, and force them into your way, they're going to feel small. Or some, like it, it's not going to make them feel lit up and you can you can guide them as much. But if, like you said, if they're not ready, they're not ready. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we kind of we kind of squirreled off. I think we've taken three steps to the left now, <laughs> as, we often do. as we often do. We probably should come back and try and get back to maybe even a bit of a summary of what we were trying to get across. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we started talking about being um, in a place of res- response. So you know. We um, we threw around the word the other day, response able, and um, I, for me that that word actually came from Nettie Lakovich, um, you know, oh, probably a video or a podcast or something, where she was talking about the ability to respond, not react, and um, I, I I really like that analogy of you know response able, so um, and you know understanding the things that build up to allow us to be able to respond rather than react. Um, and that's all, realistically, it's down to stresses. You know, what are we doing to manage the stresses in our own world, in our own environment, and controlling the things that we can control rather than the things that we can't because the things that we can't are always going to be there. We're, we're always going to struggle with them. We're always going to have, you know, crazies in our world we're always gonna have you know COVID in our world we're always like all of those things are going to exist they're always going to exist but the things that we can control are things like um moving exercise food um you know and then taking away the the bad things out of our world that we can take away like alcohol and smoking and all of that sort of stuff and I don't think I'll go too far into that because I'm sure Eric would love to talk for hours on those sorts of things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure he will. <laughs> and, you know, like I, I think to, to preempt a little bit into Eric's thing, like probably, probably the one thing that I remember the most from Wildfit is, you know, we look at grains and the purpose of grains is to be pooped out by a bird. So, they're, you know, essentially what it is is it's something that gives us discomfort and wants us to expel it so when we want to make bread what we do is we grind that that up that stress up and we turn it into a really easily digestible stress and we put it into our bodies and without knowing it what we've done is we've fed ourselves a stress over and over and over again (laughs) so I won't go too much more into that because I'm sure Eric would love to talk about that. I don't know if it if it comes up or not, oh, but I, um, so. I only have you know it, it's a finite time. <laughs> and it, yeah, it, it's those sorts of things that we might not necessarily understand is adding to our inability to respond. Yeah, and I think just to circle back again, what we talked about, like how how what can we control within our team, like. We can't control what they're doing outside of work, but we can control what happens inside of work and how we can intersplice things like mm-hmm. adding movement in, like whether you do a walking meeting 
instead of always doing stationary meetings, whether you do stand-ups instead of sit-downs, giving the opportunity to have a desk, providing yeah. the, like you said, like a basketball court, or what, what can you do to encourage um, that extra movement? What can you do to lower the triggers? Like if it's in a team meeting, one of the things that I love that uh, I think has really diffused the uh, reactions is we've implemented into the team huddles the opportunity to, to say what worked and what didn't work. And yep. to, and what I really love, and I was super impressed with the team um, this week, was when we had a reaction that somebody else was like, hey, let's end this on a positive. Can we do our gratitude thing again? Can we spread the love? Where can we recognize some people knowing that, you know, words of affirmation is a big one as well for some of them and, and that recognition. Yep. And it, it just completely dissolved the energy in the room. Like the way that everyone left was so different to what it could have been if it was just left in that like, oh, but I don't feel like no one's respecting the fact that I need to know these things and ah, oh, high energy. Yep. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, yeah, everyone's really helped. Like we're doing this and I've got this list of stuff that I'd like to see us work on, like the voice being there because like you said before about the meetings with a lot of the engineering guys, it's it's not about what celebrating the wins or what worked. It's a coming in and it's like whose fucking ass is going to get kicked right now. Yeah. And like who, how can we and a, and a lot of managers because it's that's what's been fed down to them. What they're modelling is they've always been yelled at and a meeting's always been about a butt kicking. There's especially in in your world, how many meetings start like we start with an icebreaker or a breathwork session. <laughs> or an attitude of gratitude rather than who stuffed up this week. Or, but yep. but also, who wants to bend over first? Yeah. Who, I'm, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> right. It's giving them that, that, that voice, that platform as well. Though, what worked? What didn't work? What can we iterate? What can we do? And it's not a, then it's not about a bitch session. It's not like that. You know, if someone's got that bent up straw breaking, they haven't had a chance to be heard. It's more constructive, and it's like, how can we? What can we do to benefit the whole team? To benefit the whole customers? To to benefit everyone around us? And yeah, yeah. I I think that reduces those pressure moments of where they just snap. Yep, definitely, definitely. So, control what we can control in our world. Control what we can for our teams. What's our last one? Our world, team world, customer world. Surf more. Surf more. Surf more. Always surf. <laughs> That's always going to be the answer. Oh, it's so glassy down there. And there's lines. It was like six to eight foot on the point yesterday, uh, which wasn't for me. I surfed what it goes in the past. That was a fail. Um, uh, well, I think, we've, I think we've got a nice wrap on that. We'd love to hear in the comments what you do to manage your own stresses, your thoughts on uh, responding versus reacting and how you can set yourself and your team up to be response-able rather than reactionary. Nice. Awesome. Have a great afternoon, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Team Engineered Podcast. Are you ready to build a kick-ass team, weaponize your workforce and live an epic life? If so, connect with us at www.teamengineered.com. And while you're at it, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.